What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Today is another installment of the Founders Series, and I was pumped to get on the CEO and co-founder of Neuro, and they make uh, two things called Neuro Gum and Neuro Mints, and the gentleman's name was Kent Yoshimura. He is uh, an awesome, intelligent guy. Um, I go into it a little bit, but his background is pretty crazy. He, he went to school for uh, neuroscience and then ended up uh, graduating, did a lot of art and film background work. He actually has a double black belt in karate and judo, and he's also a certified muralist across the city of Los Angeles. So he's actually painting and doing a lot of the murals around the city. Uh, and then him and his friend started uh, this company called Neuro, which is basically a all-natural gum and mint company to lock, unlock mental performance. Um, they have basically a gum that's supposed to give you energy, healthy, clean energy, uh, as well as a mint uh, that gives you mental clarity. Um, it's really a really cool company. Uh, they were on Shark Tank. And, uh, you know, they, they've really started to make a name for themselves over the past few years and just had a blast talking to Kat. He's a really smart guy, like I mentioned, and, uh, really had a good time talking to him. So thank you for listening. He will be up right after this. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am privileged today to have Kent Yoshimura on the podcast, who is the CEO and co-founder of Neuro. And without really much further ado, Kent, I'll let you kind of give you a little uh, bio background for yourself, and I might throw some things in after you introduce yourself. All right. Yeah, yeah. Fill in the blanks because <laughs> I tend to miss a lot of things. Um, we're a functional gum and mint company. so. Unlike other gum and mints that exist in the marketplace or supplements, which come in pill form, we try to bridge the gap between those two so that health can be with you whenever and wherever. And a lot of that started primarily on the the foundation that Ryan, my co-founder, and I came from athletic backgrounds, and we didn't really have an option to to find something that we could take with us that was healthy and convenient at all times. So here we are, uh, you know, many years later after college, but now with uh, a business. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say, I was laughing because I have, you know, I've looked up Neuro and I followed you guys for a little bit, but then I started looking at like your LinkedIn today, Kent, and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy, you have, you, <laughs> you have a double black belt in karate and judo. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like martial arts was like my entire life. That's awesome. Up. Yeah, I yeah. I didn't know that when you because I heard you talk about you know athletic background. I'm like, oh no, this guy can like kick ass. He's got he's got two <laughs> black belts. Uh, you have a whole background in scuba diving too. I saw on there. Not not a background, but I, lo no? I like scuba diving. Yeah, okay. just as a hobby, you know. Like like Ryan and I founded the product while we were scuba diving. You know, we just went to Cabo to go scuba diving right before the pandemic hit. Um, we tried to go a few times a year. That's badass. Uh, I think that's cool. And then on top of that, I also saw you're like this big time. I don't know if this is the right term, but muralist in Los Angeles. Yeah. So this whole like mural business on the side too. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've been painting for a long time. Art's been a huge part of my background. You know, I used to work in art and music. So creativity has always kind of stayed with me in the same way martial arts has. Like if college was defined by, yeah, if high school and college was more defined by my martial arts career in like a professional sense, I think post-college, uh, I dove into the creative side more so in, in that professional regard. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. So you, and then you, yeah, your background, like your degree is actually in neuroscience, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So quite the background. I thought that was cool to start this off because I, <laughs> I, was, I was looking at this and I'm like, Ken's done all this wild shit and I, I just never, you know, I've always looked at yeah, your yeah, neuro yeah. background. You got all this other cool stuff that you don't talk about. It's pretty random. I mean, the product itself is supposed to be, I, I think it's for that. Like it's, everyone wants to do a lot of things, you know, and we won't want to do it in the best of our abilities. And if we could be a product that could support you without bringing you down, get you in the right state of mind to be able to do all these things and find that balance, then I think we did our job. Sure. Oh yeah, for sure. And when, did you guys come up with the, like the general idea and the concept, was it based around just not having something that was like all natural, healthy that you could have on you all the time, as you kind of mentioned, is that kind of the gist of, of the concept? Yeah. So, you know, when I was training pretty seriously, I would be traveling in Thailand to fight out in the stadiums over there. I would be traveling to Japan to train with the Olympic team and Imperial guards, like fighting and training took up maybe four to six hours of my life on a daily basis. So while studying, you know, while studying in college and trying to balance those two things out, energy drinks are like, there's a stigma against energy drinks now because they're obviously bad for you. Uh, taking random pills is not good for you. All these supplements that a lot of these, you know, not, I'm going to just say their names, but like Dave Asprey's and the Tim Ferriss's of the world that are taking like 40, 50 pills a day. They have no baseline on whether or not it works. Right. And um, you're just pumping your body with all these random artificial and synthetic or natural, but sketchy chemicals. Um, that didn't really appeal to me. And I, I started just mixing supplements in my own room, giving okay. them to Ryan as like a guinea pig and really just using myself as like a case study. What kind study. of stuff were you mixing together? Just curious. Like what kind of supplements? So it was during a time when nootropics was getting pretty big. And so I was, you know, a lot of the things I was mixing was based around the racetam family. So parastam, anorastam, oxirastam, as they shifted, modafinil, and then um, uh Neopept, um, I mean, there's so many <laughs> you know, that yeah. were kind of around during that time. Any like vasodilators that I, I could take before a test to do like quick short-term learning um, so I could pass these tests. And eventually, as we started developing NeuroGum and uh, NeuroMints, it became obvious to us that there are compounds that people have taken that are extremely effective. And our first product, our energy and focus product was just natural caffeine, L-theanine, which is the amino acid derived from green tea, and then the more bio uh, bioavailable forms of B6 and B12. So the combination of all those things, the load size isn't that heavy, and they work. There's a reason people drink green tea or matcha to get their energy and focus, and there's a reason people take B6 and B12 to help them get their energy as well. So um that's where we are today you know and we, we're going to continue to develop products in our pipeline to continuously help people 
in, yeah. in a more approachable way. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I, when I was looking at your products a long time ago, I just thought it was interesting because I've, I like, I, in my background, I've, you know, probably been consistently like, I do like functional fitness most of the time. And mm-hmm. I've been doing that since freshman year of college back in, what was that, 2010? And it's funny to see like all the other stuff that I've taken over the time, over the years, I've tried to learn more and more. And you think, and I think back to like, even like coffee consumption to like, yeah, energy drinks for a while. I've tried like the caffeine, just straight pills, which I'm sure are horrible yeah. for you. And it's just so interesting to, to find that you guys have founded a product that is really bridging the gap between like a need, which is, you know, focus and energy and it being healthy and natural. I think I thought that was like one of the biggest things that stood out to me because that's a that's like a personal problem. I've it's been a challenge for me. It's like not over caffeinate myself with you know shitty products to put it blatantly. Yeah. Also, you get burnt out. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if like in high school you were taking uh, what was it like C four and NOS and oh yeah, those. I still actually have it's C four like, at the house. <laughs> that's funny. Do you? Yeah. Oh my god, that shit's like so over the top with all their ingredients. <laughs> like, uh, well, I was going to say, like, is, is something like, is NeuroGum, because I actually haven't tried it yet. I, I've been meaning to buy some. Is oh, it? Shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely send you some. Okay, that'd yeah, be great. CBS also. Okay. Yeah, you guys are everywhere, by the way. I was, yeah. I was looking, I was going to ask you a question about distribution later, and I was like, they're, they're everywhere. You, um, is when, you, like, for you, can you take NeuroGum and feel, like, the same pump or whatever, not pump, that's a bad word, but, like, same like focus and energy to go work out or to do mixed martial arts that you would with like any other type of stimulant? Is it that kind of feeling? It's, it's definitely different. Um, Cause you're, we're not like pumping your blood a bit beta alanine and then 200 milligrams of caffeine that just goes well, it's surging through your veins. Um, for us, it's like you could take our product throughout the entire day and multiple times a day because it's only 40 milligrams of caffeine, 60 milligrams of L-theanine. And that's just going to just, it's more sustainable energy. So you're, mm. uh, you know, your body's not burning itself out. Right. It's not like you're getting this yeah. huge high to then crash that you feel after yeah. you drink like two cups of coffee or exactly. a pre-workout. And your body's baseline, if you're having constant spikes in your action potentials and withdrawals, the baseline you're setting gets lower and lower and lower, or sorry, the tolerance gets higher and higher and higher. Yeah. But the baseline of effectiveness gets lower and lower and lower with any of these compounds that you take. Oh, so true. Okay. We try to take the minimum effective dose. That's if, you know, I mean, I take it throughout the day. It works. I don't burn out. I'm energized throughout the day. While most people drink coffee, like, a, I don't know, like a 220 milligram caffeine drink at Starbucks. Right. And of course you're going to feel like crap, like afternoon, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like for the longest time I was having like two, three cups in the morning. If I worked out in the morning, I'd have like pre-workout early in the morning yeah. when I'd work out. And then I'd have one, I'd have like a coffee in the afternoon and by the evening I can't even stay awake. So I had to like right. totally like detox myself from caffeine. So this sounds like this is more like something you could kind of take throughout the day and you don't really feel any of that high to low mm-hmm. as you're talking about. You should never be abusing anything, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's right, the same right. Thing with caffeine. Yeah. And caffeine abuse is pretty bad in America. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. I know when I, when I like had to kick myself off it, it was like horrible headaches for, you know, a week. I couldn't believe oh, that. Yeah. I was like, you know, I went to the doctor cause I was like falling asleep sitting up in the evenings and I was like, 
what is this from? And he's like, it's from your caffeine consumption. I guarantee it. So yeah, yeah, I know. I didn't know how bad that was until I went through it, but that's why I think your product's so interesting because that's something that like would be nice to have just like a constant kind of flow instead of these huge spikes. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Just balance. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. Um, One of the questions I wanted to ask you, so you guys have been working on this for a few years now. Um, and you co-founded it with your friend, Ryan Chen is what I've read mm-hmm. online. Right. And I was curious, a question I love to ask on here is, do you remember, uh, basically like the conversation you and Ryan had when you two were like, okay, we're going to start neuro. Do you like remember where you were and having that conversation? Yeah. I mean, it's, so it was during a scuba diving trip and, um, you know, Ryan is a paraplegic. Um, so when he was 19, he was snowboarding, got in a really bad accident and, uh, became paralyzed from the waist down. But in standard Ryan fashion, he still got out of the hospital, finished school in five years, you know, got a double major and like, just one of those guys that kind of keeps going. And, uh, to really help, it was like, I I was trying to give him these supplements that I was mixing and being like, Hey, these are way more effective than anything else that you, you would be taking. So we would be taking these pills before these scuba diving adventures or whatever adventure we were going on. And one day on our way back from the boat, we're like popping these pills, you know, <laughs> in public and looking around and realizing like, wow, like this is a, we like look like drug addicts. Like this is not a good look. So we try to go back and, and think like, what is it that we could share with people? Because both Ryan and I are pretty social people and realize like the one thing that everyone asks for in a classroom is gum, right? Yeah. When like the kid busts out the pack of gum, everyone's flocking to like vultures. So took that same concept and, and applied it to um, the supplements that were already in place that were effective. And, um, you know, I think I, it was like a little over a year of research and development that went into place to make sure it tasted okay. and. Now it tastes a lot better than when we started, but um, getting a you know a, a minimum viable product to push out into the marketplace, and uh, it we're very fortunate that it kind of just took off. Yeah, I mean, I think it's funny you, you kind of said a few things there. I would love to unpack because yeah. um, number one, I I like that clicked to me when I was reading an article you guys had talked. I forget what, which article it was, but you guys were talking about like the shareability factor, which I had never thought about. Like what a, what a great idea to think about like what's something that people want to share. And like, to your point, it's gum. Like that's such an, it's right. such a, you know, a very common thing, no matter who you are, your age, uh, demographic, where you live. That's like something everyone seems to share. That's such a good point. Um, I just thought that was, that was a really cool way <laughs> to like bring that. So you guys basically went from, you started in pills, pill form and then you brought it to gum and mints is that how that transformed yeah pill form and then finding a gum manufacturer that wasn't uh one of the major you know private companies that own everything in america right Um, right so we manufacture in vancouver canada okay but um take it to them and work with their chemists to make sure the formulation's right and yeah came out with the product and we launched on reddit because I was like a pretty big contributor on the Reddit new tropic forums. And wow. that's really what led the charge on uh, us getting our, our Indiegogo funded in like less than three days. Yeah. I was going to say, I saw that. It was like record breaking time for that sort of company too. Did it was you, crazy. 
I was going to ask, like, how did marketing. you, yeah. <laughs> how did you like, yeah, how did you decide to like go for this podcast specifically? I thought this would be an interesting point for, for listeners is like, how did you guys decide to go on Indiegogo? Like what were kind of the thoughts behind like running a campaign on there and picking them for Neuro? It was like, do you know, Indiegogo and Kickstarter are both amazing marketing platforms if you use it correctly. And I think that's the only thing we were thinking about. It was like, okay, let's shoot a video. Um, because like I, I did have a background in film. Like I went straight to film school after college before leaving, but um, it was like, okay, let's shoot like a, a video at my place. <laughs> um, let's store the gum at my place. And we have like three huge pallets of gum, like taking up <laughs> half my apartment. Um, and you know, during that time it was like, let's, I think that was literally the only thing we were thinking. And I was okay. like, we should tell our friends. Like we didn't know how to market on Facebook. We knew how to reach out to people. So, you know, Tyler, who's our COO now, and I would just like stay up and like email anyone that talked about CPG products. Okay. And they, you know, it was just, they, they wrote about us. It was cool. Like some of them got back to us and we're just like, this is pretty interesting. I've never heard of this before. Let me uh, write about it. And um, the first person to write about us was Time Magazine. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's not a bad yeah, one to start so with. Yeah, so it was like, whoa. And then after that, it was like this, uh, the floodgates opened and we got so many like media mentions. So it was, there wasn't any rhyme or reason except like, okay, let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. See what works. Okay. So. so it sounds like, was there even, I mean, it sounds like you and your friends and, and you guys that started it kind of were like gung-ho and believed in it that's like a huge part of this story it sounds like to me was there anything like another common question I've been asked and I ask on here a lot is like did you guys have the support of family and friends when you thought of this idea or did the idea come off to a lot of them as like foreign and really like a strange out there (laughs) product yeah we gave like our first batch of samples to our friends and all of our friends were just like oh my god this is like like you know they're like smiling through their teeth they're like this is really (laughs) interesting because yeah. it did taste bad and um through the years i think we took all that feedback though to heart <laughs> because it was sure. so uh personal to us and you know like now for all of our flavors like we go up to yakima washington to like smell the mint that we're going to use for our flavor like we're so specific now about making sure that everything is good that, that's <laughs> and, awesome, uh, yeah like uh, again i think it's uh you know, Ryan and I are always conscious of like, of, of what people say about us, maybe too much. So uh-huh. <laughs> and it translates into our business. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It seems like, I mean, I, being in the CPG industry, I definitely can, can empathize with just like the quality and the taste and like the initial reaction of people trying the new thing is just like so important. So I can see mm-hmm. how you'd want to just like over analyze and make sure it's like the perfect product before you bring it to market did speaking yeah. of like bringing it to market you guys started this what year did you start neuro was it like actually like first 2013 product? okay so did yeah. were you guys f- working on it full time then all the way until you launched or were you guys doing other things um, while working on neuro so I, I i was painting murals and i was working at a music studio uh, making music for film and television and mm-hmm. ryan was working at hulu so we both had two jobs and even now, like I paint murals and uh, like, that's still a big part of my life, but it's, 
yeah the the week is always devoted to neuro and then i usually you know a mural gig comes up not now because of covid but it probably comes up once a month and i'll i'll go and paint that okay and how much time does it take to do a you know i'm sure they're all different but how long does it take to do a mural yeah i mean it's like the biggest one i've done was yeah i guess i I painted like a five-story building in shanghai like the inside of a building and that took two weeks and i think i slept only like five days out of those two weeks (laughs) Trying to be a CEO right of a, was I was gonna say trying to be a CEO of a CPG company and doing that—that's a—that's a wild combo you don't hear of often. Oh man, it was brutal, but it was just like we didn't know how to fundraise, so it was sure. like okay, like we're not really—we're making money, but everything's getting pumped back into the business. I don't have a job uh, except painting murals, so <laughs> I gotta go paint. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, but it's. It that's awesome though. And then you guys, this is another piece I love to ask is do you, when you guys started, I'm assuming, did you guys start on your own website? Was that like the first place? And then from there you've grown into brick and mortar or what was your like distribution plan? Cause for gum, I'd have to think it's gotta be a little different than like what we did at RX, but it's probably similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, it probably is similar. Like we started online and cr- like, I think we shared the CrossFit community yeah. as one of our early adopters and i mean the crossfit community despite what you know their founder says is yeah. really great and amazingly supportive and we still are extremely involved with them so uh they helped kind of start the foundation for a lot of the influencer marketing that led to uh website sales and we really didn't go into brick and mortar until like a year and a half ago Oh, so that's okay. actually really reason for us. Yeah, Got it, okay. it was mostly online. But and then now though, you're in a lot. Yeah, I saw you're in Walgreens. I saw Walmart. Like you're in like major brick and mortar now, right? Uh, so we are activated with Walmart, but we're not in their stores yet. Okay. So we're in Walmart.com. Like same yeah. with Target, you know. Um, and then Walgreens, we were gonna get activated with, but then we heard how. I mean, if anyone's listening to this and they're from Walgreens, I'm sorry, but I, I heard how. Uh, <laughs> how much of assholes they were with kind of ad allowances, free fills and things like that. And most people get just like, they get like screwed over. Yeah. So, yeah, you it's know, a, it's we want to work with partners that work. It's a, it's a tough, expensive business partnership for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, you're not the only person to say that. Like, <laughs> everyone says that. So yeah, like, I think that's right, pretty much CBS like this. has been great. But. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I mean, that's exciting. So, and then how big is the neuro team now? 21 people okay all right wow and all of you guys are in los angeles uh la washington chicago uh we have a few people in the philippines um yeah we're like split up Yeah. yeah and i feel like with this environment too it's like even more through the internet and split up so i'm sure like that's not a that's not too big of a challenge that's exciting though that's a lot more people than i thought you guys had yeah we just work very it, it was like the smoothest transition into working from home because okay. most of us were already in that zone anyways sure um and remote work so right right yeah oh, that makes sense that's wild um one of the questions I, I also wanted to bounce over was uh obviously you i feel like 2020 i don't know like with covid how it's impacted you guys i guess that's a question i'll ask is has covid been no, obviously not positive for anybody, but like from a business perspective with more people going online, has that helped you guys in any way? 
have you know has there been pluses and minuses to your guys's growth because of covid yeah i mean the last three months have been our biggest months you know wow. in our company history so That's we awesome. continue to grow um we're you know we don't burn money like we're profitable as a business too so it's and that's something that we always try to maintain because we don't want to be another cpg company that's just burning capital on ad spend yeah and like 50 dollars cpas so um no the last few months have been great and what's crazy is a lot of our sampling budgets have shifted over to high level influencer budgets Okay. And that has been extremely effective for us. Oh, interesting. And we're probably going to push towards that direction. Okay, got it. Um, I thought, now I was skipping through real quick. Are, are you guys a sponsor of Joe Rogan's podcast now? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I thought that was wild. I was like, wait, is that, is that the Neurogum, like the, the like <laughs> Ken's company that I'm talking to in a couple of days? I heard it yesterday on his podcast. That's wild. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, sure. That was, was that a tough one to get? I'm sure people line no, up to get I on mean, there. So we were very lucky because, you know, like Joe Rogan found out about us or someone sent him product and our PR agency, like pushed him product. And then he just became a customer on his own. And yeah. in that process, like when, like his team reached out to us to okay. see if we want to get in a deeper level of partnership. He talks well, about it all the time. Like I listen to his podcast. It's awesome. Young. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's like the the you know top of the notch when it comes to podcast marketing. So that's right. fantastic for you guys for sure. Yeah, he ta- he's honestly he's the reason. I had I obviously knew who you guys were before that, but then when I heard that, I'm like, oh wow, damn, that's great, great for neuro. <laughs> that's fantastic. He was good. Um, like we were on Shark Tank pretty recently. So I was like, gonna that's ask. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Would you mind going into that a little bit? I'd be so curious to hear that process. And I I actually watched a clip of it today because I hadn't seen that episode yet. And I saw you said you were the one that said no to Mr. Wonderful. So how was that? And how was that whole process? Oh, dude, I was like ragging on him. He probably hated me. (laughs) (laughs) You kept your cool though. You know, a lot of people get on there and really get flustered and worried. You just were like, I was impressed, Kent. I, you know, I was running those numbers in my head real quick, and I'm like, they must have done a ton of due diligence before going on the show to know just some of those numbers and making sure you knew what you wanted to say because you were you were quick on the sticks on making a decision. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we filmed last year, like last um, August, I want to say. So it's been a while, but and like we didn't air till like a few months ago, but it was a. Uh, I mean, it's nerve wracking. They really do their due diligence on everything. You know, like they just want to make sure that like they're on top of it, their legal team's on top of it. And when you go in, the people that do, like the, the sharks are okay with getting a little embarrassed, but if anyone's going to get embarrassed, it's going to be the companies that go on. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's just drama. They want to create good drama. Right, and, it's a show. Yeah, yeah but... You know, it's funny. They reached out to us when we first started our company, like three months into it. And very, very fortunately, we just like, they didn't accept us for some reason. They reached out to us, but uh, they didn't follow up with us. Okay. And it was great because we didn't know anything. And now that we know more about business, um, their diversity, like whatever it is, uh, I forgot what the exact title was, but 
had a casting call in Arizona. So Ryan and I flew out to Arizona, 112 degree weather, uh, <laughs> did our pitch and we didn't know if it went well or not, but then they reached out to us like, like six months later and they were like, okay guys, are you ready to be on the show? Whoa. <laughs> they made us go through this whole pitch and everything. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they pushed us forward to the very front of the line uh, to pitch in front of the Sharks. And how so long was it between cool. those two, like how long was it between those two attempts to be on the show? So it was, I guess, like four years Oh, for between the first time and the, and this most recent time. Oh, so you guys were like and a totally then, different company by then too. Totally right? different. Oh, like yeah. we already fundraised, like we knew how to like talk about numbers. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But like our, pro- our packaging looks like I didn't just do it in Photoshop, you know, it was, well, yeah, because I saw you guys so had your new pa- your new packaging. Was it? It wasn't public then, was it? Was it? No, yeah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't which I, is crazy. Well, I was trying to understand that because I was thinking, I'm like, they had to have filmed this a long time ago, but you just launched it like recently, this earlier this year, right? So, yep. yeah, the new packaging looks great, by the way. Yeah, we were just like, all right, let's prepare to. I mean, we look at RX bar actually. Cause okay. I remember your original packaging when it was like pretty bad it was, it was literally <laughs> peter and jared did it in powerpoint yeah it was, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. that was like day one when we started rx peter like showed us the powerpoint that he he started with that was like in his slide oh. deck it was so funny i mean literally it was yeah it was just a, it was a slide in powerpoint they printed out and put it on a a you know brown packaging it was yeah, yeah. you know it was so simple it's funny that's so great like because that and that's i don't know it, parallel paths we got a branding agency and now we look a lot nicer and yeah. a lot more mature. <laughs> it looks great. Yeah, no, I love it. It's like the Thanks, sim- simple simplicity. The whole thing is, is fantastic. But, and back to Shark Tank. So I was so curious because I've actually, I've never talked to anyone that went on there before. So like how much for you guys, like obviously it's a huge marketing opportunity. It's a potential investment, investment opportunity. What is kind of like the process of getting on? I'm sure you have to you have to share a lot of information with them, and then oh yeah, yeah. So they because they got to vet it all out before you're on there. Obviously, it's not like the first time they they're hearing about it. And then like I'm just so curious how that process works. And then there's got to be a, so much that goes into it that they don't film that we don't see. Yeah, as part of that. We were too. in there for an hour and forty minutes, and they edited it down to seven minutes. You were in there for That's an all. hour and forty minutes in front of the sharks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know. I thought crazy. they were. Oh, so the pitches are really like that long. They're like real pitches. So usually they're about 45 minutes. We were just in there for a long freaking time. What did you crazy. guys talk about for an hour and 40 minutes? <laughs> Dude, honestly, after the first 10 minutes, it just felt like a regular investor meeting, but okay. there's more jokes. So really like Ryan and I are just in there and like now we're grooving. <laughs> like we're just chatting with them and you know, I'm making fun of like, I was like, Mr. Wonderful. Like, what if we like made a gum that can make your hair grow back? Oh, like, really? <laughs> yeah. And they cut out so much stuff, but um, probably because they don't want to listen to one company for that long on sure. television, you know? Yeah. So like we had Apollo. Uh, so Apollo Ono, who's, um, yeah. I don't know if you know her. Yeah, yeah definitely. The, <laughs> the Olympian. Um, she did like a whole shout out for us on like, on set and everything and uh they cut that out it's so weird weird. so like how long when they were like throwing you guys offers was that really at the end of the hour and 40 or was that like throughout they just like edited it all together yeah it's like throughout um but there was a moment where it's like you guys have to decide like okay we're coming up to time now like okay and what's crazy is when you're in the room you don't 
it really does feel like just you, uh, you know, me and Ryan and the Sharks. Okay. It did not feel like there was a production team behind the scenes at all. Oh, yeah, because, like, right. how many people are probably in there during the actual filming? <sighs> probably so many. I, yeah. I like you just don't notice them though. Behind, is it like, like a legit TV set? I'm assuming. Obviously, it's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Like very, very well built out. Wow, so. that's so cool. So then, so you guys, you guys walk in and what? I forget the exact numbers. You guys wanted what? Seven hundred fifty thousand five percent stake. Seven hundred fifty thousand at a fifteen million dollar valuation. Yeah, which is what we raised on, and then, you know, we're willing to say okay at ten. Okay. Um, but they like they were trying to like lowball us down to five and then seven. It was just like like we couldn't accept that deal. Like sure. over fifty percent discount. Yeah. Well, and then yeah, because like from my understanding, I mean, like I I you know I understand how like the RX evaluation took place and happened, but like for you guys when you're sitting there on a set, yeah, you've already raised you've already raised some money. So you've had an evaluate, you've had a valuation get set. And for the listeners, I think this is a really cool thing to like, listen and understand is like Mm -hmm. when you're negotiating that, would you mind going into a little bit like what that means? So like when you're, when you're up there and you're asking for a certain amount of money and then they come back and they're saying your company's worth this instead of what you guys came in with, like, can you walk through a little bit of how that works and what that means just for the everyday listener? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, everything is typically based on at least in like our industry and CPG, it's on like a three to five X multiple of revenue. So for us, you know, we raised that 15, which is a little under five. And I think when RX bar sold, it was like 4.1 mm-hmm. X, right. On either top line or I don't think it was EBITDA, but it, it was probably top line. Yeah, it was top And line. we tried to take that same approach because that's what every other CPG company was doing. We successfully raised and there are certain you know, within the legal documentation, there's certain rights that a lot of these investors are given. And when you start raising again at a lower valuation, it starts disrupting all your previous investors' uh, legalese. So that's one reason that we're like, okay, 10 is the most we could go to. Um, But on top of that, it was, I'm not sure what kind of, rhyme or reason the sharks go into in their diligence because i'm sure they do more diligence if a deal does close on air um or so i've heard uh, there's more diligence that that goes into it but it was we gave our numbers we gave our reasoning on the, on our valuation the fact that like we at that time like we had like almost zero burn it was like very small burn on a monthly basis uh, we, our growth trajectory has always been like like this, you know, yeah. for the last few years. And for their response was like, you know, like you could have your investors, but we're sharks. Like, this is what we do. Right. <laughs> and so um, we just kind of, it was one of the biggest offers Robert ever gave though on the show, which was yeah, nice. It was huge. Yeah, a million oh, yeah. dollars. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you, so the one takeaway I had, and I've, I've seen this from a few other companies, another company um, that, I've been interested in their story from there. And I'm, I'm talking to one of the founders soon uh, is super coffee and oh, yeah. A, yeah. Okay. So uh, we the, know Pat or Patrick Schwarzenegger. Okay. Uh, a friend of ours. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Nice. Oh, is yeah. he, I didn't know he's an investor in neuro. In uh Oh, uh, in super coffee. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's, what's interesting too, is I feel like both of you guys, I mean, you guys didn't lock deals down on the show, but I almost feel like some of the companies, 
that don't lock down deals and they have a just like the drama that ends up ensuing like in a good way for you guys almost creates a better right. marketing spin out for you and then you guys can raise money or do whatever you want outside of the show do you feel like that's kind of how that works sometimes dude television is powerful man <laughs> media is powerful and depending on how you take advantage of it uh outside of that contained segment um i think it's a tool that's always going to be in your favor to some degree sure yeah definitely because yeah. i'm sure i mean i'm sure you guys got a lot of new followers and new customers just from you guys being on yeah. the show and people wanting to try it even without having to get up give up any equity in the in the company right that, you know that day right so cool that's such a cool thing um it's pretty wild yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's something you can like always <laughs> hold on to too. Do do any of the I was always curious too when you go on the show and something like you guys or Super Coffee where like they end up not making a deal. Do you know of any situations where people like do they ever reach back out and try to make a deal not on the show or is that like part of the thing where they're like not allowed to do that? I think so. I mean, so we're actually talking to on a different front, but Daniel Lubetsky, who's the founder okay. of Kindbar and he was yeah. one of our judges. And we have a whole like, um, you know, frontline health workers, uh, healthcare workers uh, initiative alongside Kindbar that we're doing right now. Oh, and cool. It was, it was through Daniel. So, oh, that's funny. So there, it always yeah. turns into a networking event no matter what, right? Yeah. And, you know, like Ryan just DM'd him on LinkedIn and he was just like, hey, yeah. And then we hopped on a Zoom call with him. It was really pleasant. And uh, now we're working together. That's so. so cool. It's so funny. And I feel like, that's one of the cool things during COVID, not to make anything sound cool during COVID, but even yeah. like that in, in this podcast too, I feel like a lot of things have been unlocked with like everyone's kind of remote. And so people are just a little more willing to like give a few minutes here or there to like have a conversation because we're all on Zoom anyway than we were, I think, when maybe we were, some of us were in the office and you were stuck in meetings all day. I just think right. that's been kind of a cool unlock that I think people are just, I don't know, people are networking a lot more now than they ever were. Just from my perspective, yeah. it's been interesting. And it's to okay to like, in between these, you know, in between these meetings or in between work, like I'm going out and working out. Like I'm yeah. stretching at home. I'm like doing, diving into my hobbies. It's right. I, I could wake up like 30 minutes later than I usually yeah. do. A hundred percent. There's so many good things that, that again, like not to make anything sound good during this time, but um you know, when you're stuck with yourself, you learn a lot more about yourself. Oh, a hundred percent. That's healthy. I agree. Yeah. For, I know like for me, I, I, I live in the suburbs of Chicago, so it's like, mm -hmm. it's not crazy, but it's 45 to an hour, probably door to door. Once I get on a train and walk Gosh. and like do the whole thing. And so it's crazy. Like just that even like two hours a day, five days, it's 10 hours a week that I have back to do this. You know what I mean? Like it's amazing. It's so there's stuff like that. Like even the little things like that of just like not commuting to a physical office has been wild for me, at least it's been kind of a game changer. This, you know, are you guys been, going back to the office? Like what's the plan? We're trying to figure that out. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a, the crazy thing for us has been <clears throat> during all this, we've been, I think arguably more productive because we have a lot of salespeople in the field and we've now all gotten used to like getting on zoom and talking. And I think we're talking a lot more and, and things are moving faster because we're not commuting. People aren't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, if it's like, I think it's just more time to your point that you can, you can do yeah. other things, but you can be more focused when you need to be focused. Um, 
So we're trying to figure out the go back to the office strategy. We have an office in River North, which is like, it's like basically downtown. It's like a little part of downtown Chicago. And um, we moved into a new office in the beginning of 2018 and it's just us and it's nine floors. So oh, wow. the problem is we have, you know, a little over 200 people that work for RX now. And to try to get 200 people into an office and do all the PPE and do it safely. I think right now the challenge between that and all of us commute on public transportation in Chicago, like it's such, it's such a big public oh transport city, like yeah. getting all of us on trains, it's just going to be tough. I, I think for the company, it's going to be tough to figure out just like what that strategy looks like in a safe manner. Um, you know, right. just with any company, I think that works in a building when you have, you know, lots of people, one person gets COVID and then what's the, what's the plan then? Do we all go home again for two weeks? It's just complicated. You know, right. I think that's been the one weird learning thing for me is seeing like restaurants open back up and, you know, some people try to hang out the social distancing. And then it seems like the office is always, I don't know, per, personally, my perspective, I think the office space is always going to be different from now on to some degree. I think it's going to be tough to get, you know, a lot of people back in one space again. I will say from a business level, um, it's probably different with RX bar because the size of the company, but for us, the amount we save on rent now that we're not paying it pays for a whole nother employee. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. huge. Cause yeah. It's, were you guys in like a WeWork or something? Like a co-working space. That's yeah. not WeWork, but yeah. Right. And like, I mean, no way in hell am I going back to a co-working space. Yeah. yeah well, is it, well, <laughs> no. I was to say, what is this like your place? Like, where are you at now? Yeah. They're just my home. Okay. Like, yeah. My bedroom. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, the one thing I've been thinking through is like, maybe it makes sense to have, I don't even want to like, not even like a co-working space, but maybe like something like that, where it's like, at least like smaller groups can come and interact in person. Cause like, mm-hmm. I know the one thing we really miss is like just the whiteboarding, like the going into a room yeah. and hashing out an idea together. It's so hard to do on the computer like that, or that could so be a, or a business, you know, if someone could figure out how to do that in a productive way. Cause like, I think that's like the biggest thing we all miss is just like getting into a room and figuring out a problem. Um, right. Zoom like, is, it's so weird. Cause initially I was like, wow, zoom is that or zoom or any uh, of these video platforms are great because it shifts the focus to whoever's talking. Mm-hmm. But to your point, brainstorming, isn't that it's like knowing this person's talking about this person's thinking of an idea and it's a web of interaction. Yeah. And the focus has to be dynamic, but across multiple people. And Zooms and any of these video apps outside of their privacy concerns is uh, there's only two screens. It's either you focus on one person who's talking or making noise, which happens a lot of the time, right. and, uh, or it's just the grid of all these people and you have no idea who to focus on. Yeah. And I, so, think, I think there's a, personally, I don't know if you feel this way, I notice I'm a very outgoing person, but if I'm on a Zoom <laughs> call with 10 people or six people, it it does it is a little bit harder to like jump in and not talk over somebody yeah. than in person for some reason. I feel like in person it it just feels like you guys can, you can kind of banter and someone can write stuff and keep talking. I don't know. That's like one hundred percent one thing. I today I actually went and had coffee with one of my coworkers this morning, and I haven't seen anyone from the office since end of February really. And uh-huh. it was weird just to be in person and sit you know six feet apart and just like write stuff and talk. Like there is just something different about wow. it. So I think, I don't know. I think that's going to be the weird thing is trying to figure out like how we kind of do some of both, but I don't know. To your how point. Can we, 
capture body language, you know, on a digital platform. It's, right. Could you, there is a way of sensing when someone does want to talk or like, so it's, uh, those nuances are impossible to catch through yeah. a screen. Right. A hundred percent. I mean, unless they come out with a vaccine, maybe that changes it. And then, you know, but then yeah. it's like getting that out to everybody is going to take a long time. So I don't know, man, it's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird year for sure. At yeah. least well, yeah. knows. a lot more podcast episodes for you to go. Yeah. Through. I was going to say, we got to do a lot more of these. I got, I got 10 hours a week to devote. So yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I know we've been talking for a while, but this has been a lot of fun. I had a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, the, yeah. the, the one, really, it's like a two-part question that I would love to know for you guys. Like, obviously, like you've launched some awesome products, you've raised money, you've done a redesign. Um, I would love to know, like, and without sharing anything you can't share, obviously, but like, what is the next? You know, what's your like one, three, five-year plan for Neuro? And like, what is innovation? If there's anything you can share, look like just curious of like what the future looks like for you in your mind as CEO. It's funny because initially it was, okay, let's try to enter the trajectory of grocery and be like, if it's pharmacies into, or sorry, like gyms, pharmacies, places like CVS and then grocery, which is the hardest of them all uh, in terms of supply chain. But now with uh, the current state of the world, obviously that's changed pretty significantly. So now a lot of our shift is like, how do we optimize our digital platform and create ourselves into a lifestyle company more so than just a product company so that we could bring more and more people in and have our customer base communicate with each other. So in that regard, the way conversations have been evolving have been about like, how do we reach out to fitness influencers and have them make fitness videos that everyone can share on YouTube? How do we create more content that can be shared? Um, and that hopefully ties back to brand awareness. How do we shift our sampling into uh, using that money to for something else, you know, <laughs> and for yeah. like, uh, like, like more conversation pieces. And I would say that's for like our one to two, one to three year goal. And then another division that we're creating in our company is just purely based around impact. So as a company whose mantra is refreshing our state of mind, not just being an energy product or a calm and clarity product, but more so like really believing that if your mind is in the right place, you can accomplish anything. We would ideally want to create a big portion of our company to helping destigmatize and normalize mental health issues and mental health conversation. So that's kind of our three to five year goal. And, you know, with the way we're going, if, Neuro continues to be profitable and be able to support everyone that's in the company and we could continue to grow. We really don't have like any need to sell. Like, you know, Ryan and I, I mean, money's nice, but being part of a, a company that really represents your lifestyle already is nicer. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So uh, we'll, and we already have like a foundation to keep turning it into what we want to turn it into. So that's if the right partner comes, we'll sell and we'll look for an acquisition. But if not, we would want to continue to grow as, uh, you know, a small business to a bigger private business. That is so cool. Yeah. It's cool that you guys have been able to wrap this into your lifestyle. I think that's something that a lot of people try to do 
and for one 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 reason or another, always end up going down a different path. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty wild to see like how much you guys have been able to do that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, without with its trouble, you know. Sure. We work with a lot of MMA fighters now because I I like love fighting. You know, that's my. Oh, I was gonna I ask. MMA. I had that was one question I didn't get to that I was curious <laughs> of. It's just like, do you have an MMA connection or anything now? Yeah, I mean. You know, like uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, who's the UFC champion now, like my training partners train with him. Oh, so, wow. like I go, I go to, I went to his fight like in Vegas, sitting front row Damn. when he won the championship. Uh, Robert Whitaker, also out in Australia. Um, Henry Cejudo, who's triple champion. Uh, you know, like Chael Sonnen, I, we talked with him. Um, I mean, we're so tied into that community. And obviously now with Joe Rogan also. I was going to say that must have been a slam dunk then. Yeah. Like we were looking to, we were actually talking directly to the UFC to see if we could work something out, but we'll see. That's (laughs) things shift, you know, exciting though. That's so exciting. If you, uh, this is a little off topic, but knowing you're such a big fighting fan, if you were someone like me, I've done Muay Thai a little bit. I did Muay Thai for a year at Purdue when I was in college. What would be like the best, if I had to pick one, route for mma or just mixed martial arts in general to start practicing what would it be like what what uh martial arts style yeah like if i just had if you were like if there's if i had time for one what would be the one you'd suggest i mean i love muay thai but but i mean jujitsu is effective but the thing with jujitsu is it's it's being able to fight on the ground is extremely effective but muay thai at the highest level has just so many variables also involved with it so the combination between high level striking with muay thai and then jujitsu would be what i would probably re-pursue okay love it yeah. yeah i've been wanting to try try something again it's been like a big thing of mine i've wanted to do so maybe i'll try both of those again yeah muay thai you don't have to be like hugging people which is nice well there's clinch work but well i was gonna say know. with covid how are people <laughs> is, is jujitsu happening is Dude, that like it's struggling yeah struggling yeah, because uh, how do you even? You can't even really do it, right? I mean, you can. legally. Same, yeah. I mean, same with Muay Thai, also. But True. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah. It's, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. No. Definitely. No. But okay. Well, then once this moves on, though, I'm gonna remember this. I will definitely try both yeah. of those. I appreciate it. Um, the last couple questions I always love to ask everyone that's been coming on here. Um, just some like very basic things, like. For you, you seem like a super intelligent guy who's got a wild background and into a lot of things. (laughs) What uh, do you have like a favorite book or something from like a reading perspective or even listening audio that you would suggest to the readers just in general? It's like one of your favorites. (laughs) I'm going to say like the nerdiest thing ever. I love reading. I I don't really like audio books because you can't get the rhythm of like words. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I agree. But from like the asshole lit perspective, I am a big fan of postmodern work like David Foster Wallace. So okay. something like Infinite Jest, which, you know, every liter- literature major talks about. Um, I- I'm a big fan of that. And I'm also a big fan of like lost generation fiction. So Hemingway's and Gertrude Stein and uh, it, it, or like even uh, like uh, Steinbeck. But um, I'm a big fan of fiction more so than self-help because you have to interpret the messages and the character's motives yourself and i love just diving into like that personally um i also love manga (laughs) and anime 
Okay. So, uh, and I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned in manga and anime, uh, although it's not as mainstream in America. So, um, Vagabond is the story of Miyamoto Musashi, who's the greatest swordsman to live. And it's his struggle being like a person that wants to be a great swordsman, but the pressure that comes with that is you have to kill people. Okay. And so it's his struggle trying to understand that berserk. Um, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of good stuff. Like Miyazaki's no, films. Yeah. Yeah, those <laughs> are great. Nice. I've never read anything in that genre, so I, I have to check that out. I've heard of that. Oh, yeah. Before, check it out. Yeah, for sure. So David Foster Wallace is fantastic. Oh, my God. Um, or like Murakami. I, I'm reading um, 1Q84 right now by him. Okay. So, which kind of blew up like a few few years ago. Okay. But yeah. Awesome. I will I'll add fiction. those to the show notes for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, you were the first yeah, one that's yeah. come on here just to say no to uh, like the self-help stuff. So that's cool. It's a cool different angle to go yeah. at. I love it. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I don't know. Self-help, uh, yeah, I have my, I have my thoughts about this. No, no, no that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I never even knew what the self-help book world was. And then I read like, what is the first one? I probably got to like, oh, like Tim Ferriss for sure. was like the first person I yeah, listened yeah, yeah. to, like four of hour course. Break, right? Yeah, I mean, right. like how is, how is that not your intro into self-help? And then, um, right. yeah, but then I feel like you can also overdo it. Like you can just like go so deep into that rabbit hole and all you're doing is like planning and self-helping, but you're not doing anything. That's like, yeah, exactly. I, I know it's too many people that do that. So that's cool. I think like the creativity of, you know, the stuff you just mentioned to me, that's probably what unlocks a lot of ideas and stuff too. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool. I feel like the, the, you know, mental awareness, mental health space that you guys are even focusing on, like that's such a evolving, you know, is such an evolving space. Like, I guess another question I wanted to ask you at the end here yeah. was um, speaking of that, was there, is there anything you do for like, obviously you started a company that has a product that helps you unlock like mental performance, but do you do any uh, meditating or mental awareness type practice yourself? Do you know, so I used to meditate a lot for fighting just to like our, our, our trainer actually like forced us to meditate after class every day. Yeah. But um, I don't do that as much anymore, but one like major mind shift uh, I had just, you know, dealing with a lot of my own like, mental issues growing up is my pursuit early on in my career was always about what can I accomplish and what can I do? And like this person that I was like looking to be. And as I grew older, that mentality shifted into how do I become happy? And because all the things that make me happy are the things that make me the person I want to be. You know, without obviously hurting others and being considerate, but um, that's, I just kind of try to maintain that mindset with anything I do. That's awesome. Yeah, Very cool. Happiness. Yeah, no, I love that. <laughs> that's like a fantastic answer. That's so cool. I appreciate that. Um, cool. Really, really the last like tactical question I wanted to ask was, um, this is a new one I've been asking people because I'm, I'm a very big nerd in this regard. Do you have any tools apps is it just pen and paper like how do you being a ceo of a a company how do you plan your goals and then how do you like like execute and like get tasks done like what tools and tips and tricks do mm -hmm. you use i'm a big fan of miro m-i-r-o okay like miro boards yeah. oh my gosh it's like so versatile 
and you could start organizing handbooks and everything in a very visual way that anyone could dive into. So uh, that's been on a digital front. That's been my favorite tool. Uh, you know, and then I mean, like I'm on my bookshelf right now. I have like like thirty of these, where it's just kind of notebooks that are filled with scribbles and notes. Oh, you yeah. know, okay. and like drawings and like. Uh, so I always just have like a notebook with me um, at at all times, uh, and that's just to write down just any idea that kind of pops into my head. But it doesn't really help me with task management yeah. <laughs> at all. But I would say Nero, and then we use Basecamp for its price. But um, the thing that honestly has helped me more than anything is being able to trust people in my company. So mm-hmm. like, and have people that just manage their own departments and finding people that are able to manage their own departments because then that's like, okay, that's a, a certain percentage of things I don't have to worry about because this person's handling it. And now you can focus on like all these other things. And that's why we're able to create an impact division. And uh, it allows the project management to be a lot smoother. Just Got in general. It. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. just delegating and oh, putting all. ownership in your team. No, that's great though. I mean, I, the tools is cool, but then I think that's a, it's a really important part for anyone listening to this. Uh, yeah. I wish if there are better tools, please let me know. <laughs> we're always trying to become more efficient, but sure. yeah, we have awesome. our like own special way of doing it. I guess. Yeah. No, I love that. That's great. That's so cool. And that's cool. I'm sure if anyone from your company listens to this, to hear that you, you trust all of them, that's important too. Yeah. So. We're, we're all family. Yeah. Right. Awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, so yeah, that, those are my major questions. Um, how can people try neuro? How would people get a hold of you? Those are like the last two major things I always like to ask. All right. Um, you can find us at getneuro.com, G-E-T-N-E-U-R-O.com, or just search NeuroGum on Google and we'll pop up. We're on Amazon. We're in CVS. Uh, we were in a bunch of college bookstores if you're a college student, but unfortunately that's not opening up. And then uh, on social media, you could just DM us at our Instagram at Neurogum and say that you want to, I'm, I'm pretty open, you, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just say you want to chat with me and uh, I'm happy to talk. With awesome. Anyone, so. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for the time, Kent. It was awesome to get to talk to you and learn more yeah, about man. you. Likewise. I really appreciate it. So uh, thanks cool. again. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> if I'm ever out in LA, I'll hit you up. And same for Dude, Chicago. Please do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Awesome. Well, have an awesome rest of your day. Enjoy the summer weather while it lasts in Chicago. I appreciate it. I'm going to get outside <laughs> right now and go for a run with the dog Do and it. just enjoy this weather, man. We don't get this weather all year round like you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy being cooped up at home, but. <laughs> yeah, don't blame you. Complacency. Right, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks right, again, man. Kent. Really appreciate you coming on. And um, I'm sure we'll talk again soon, my friend. Sounds good. Awesome. Later. All right, see you, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Kent. Um, In the show notes today, we have a few things I wanted to remind you of. First, uh, follow the link to check out NeuroGum and NeuroMints. I also am linking the books that Kent mentioned um, as far as reading material. And then as always, there are going to be two links. One is to Robinhood for all of your investing needs. 
Um, you can check out uh, the link in my profile or in the show notes rather, and you can get a free stock when you sign up for Robinhood. And also the COVID stock market rebound tracker is there as always. And that is where you can follow along with the companies and the concepts that we talk about on this show. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a great day.